Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Awesome. Well, um, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 7. Um, we're going to be starting in Genesis chapter 7, but we're going to be making a round trip journey today in the Word. And if all things go well, we'll end up back there in Genesis 7. I'm uh, going to cover a lot of ground in Scripture today, um, so you might want to just jot down references and come back to them later. We're a church that really believes in the power of the Word of God. Um, you know, when we began Colonial Church, I think that was a uh, sort of an unspoken, unsaid thing between Jill and I. It's the way we've lived our lives. We've always elevated the Word of God personally for us and for me. It's the final authority. And so for the church that we decided to plant, it's the final authority. So here we are today. And so I just want to encourage you with that. I want to encourage you to pick up and read your Bible every day. Um, don't be afraid to move about the Scriptures. You know, I, I've, I've shared my sort of reading plan before, but I usually start with a proverb that corresponds with the day of the month. And then from there, I make a beeline to the Gospels where I'm sort of, you know, living, so to speak. And right now I'm in John and then I'll quickly move from there. I'll move somewhere into the New Testament letters, maybe back into the Old Testament and, uh, and whatnot. But I want to encourage you, if you just read one verse a day, I'll be a happy pastor. <laughs> Pick up your Bible, read one verse a day. And I promise you, it'll change your life. I'll give you a money-back guarantee. Because God is so good and His Word never returns void. Amen? All right, Genesis 7. Here we go. We're, we're in the part of Genesis where the flood is finally happening. After a long time, after Noah's faith is sort of, if you like, coming to fruition, coming to a fulfillment. And we see this here in verse 11. He says, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the, foundation, the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of heaven were opened, and rain fell upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. On the very same day, Noah and his sons, Shem and Ham and Japheth and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them entered the ark, they and every beast according to its kind, and all the livestock according to their kinds, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, every winged creature. They went into the ark with Noah, two and two of all flesh, in which there was the breath of life. And those that entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. I want to preach a message today. The title is this. There's something in the water. There's something in the water. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we thank you that it's the truth that we can build our lives on. Father, we thank you that Christianity isn't true because it works. It works because it's true. And Father, we thank you as we look to the cross today that we find the answers for every part of our lives. And Father, I thank you for all the people that are coming in today that 
are searching and longing for you to speak to them. Father, I thank you that they are well supplied in your word. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here already, you're working, you're ministering to people, and you're changing people's lives. We pray for colonial kids as well. We ask that you would bless them as they learn and have fun in church. In Jesus' name. And we all said. It was the 4th of April, 2002. I remember it like it was yesterday. In a blow-up kiddie pool. Some of you are like, what is he about to say next? (laughs) In my gym shorts, I stepped into the waters of a little pool in the parking lot of Hillsong Church. On one side, I had my connect group leader. And on the other side, I had my young adults pastor. And I, Matthew James McClory, got water baptised. I was lowered down into the water and thankfully I was quickly brought up. (laughs) And I didn't know very much at that time about my newfound faith. It was three months after I'd made a decision for Christ. That date was the 6th of January of the same year. But there were two things that I knew. The first was that I needed to get water baptised. And the second thing I knew is something had taken place in those waters. Something was in the water that day. Something was in those waters of baptism. And for some reason, in some way, by God's providence and by His power, my life was changed that day. Now, you may have a similar story. A lot of people do. For some reason, we share this common thread as believers. We remember often the circumstances, where we're at in life, uh, the church we're a part of, what God was doing, and we remember certain things, maybe the prayer that was offered by the leader that day that was standing with you. But we all kind of usually come around to testifying this very thing, which is this, that something changed when I got water baptised because there was something that happened that day, today here at Colonial Church is Baptism Sunday and this is one of four times a year we gather up all the people that, that need to be water baptised and we baptise them in water. So today is one of those days and this is the very, very first time I'm actually taking the whole message and teaching on water baptism today because I feel led to do it and I believe that something might change in your life today if you haven't been water baptised or maybe you did a long time ago, maybe before you are even an adult, God might do something in your life and you might want to get water baptised. But I want to take a few moments and teach on the power, the symbolism, the meaning, the significance of water baptism. You know, God has an order to the way He does things. He's not a, he's not a God of chaos. He's not a God of confusion. He's not a God that kind of like through a random sequences of events, he kind of figures things out. We do that. I know I do that. But God is a God of order and he's precise. And you see it all through scripture. One example I want to show you is Acts chapter 2. This is where the coming of the Holy Spirit happens and, uh, and, and, and the Spirit pours out on to, to, to the people that were there and there's kind of this 
whole thing that's happening in the moment. People are praying in a, uh, speaking in tongues and they're praising God. There's, there's miracles, there's signs, there's wonder. There, there's, there's sort of like a sense of not knowing exactly what's going on. There were people that were thinking that, you know, these guys were starting their party time a little early in the day. And um, there was just a whole thing happening right here. And in this moment in Acts chapter two, Peter gets up and he brings perfect clarity to what was taking place. He preaches his message, his first message. And man, what a message it was. He makes sense of what God is doing. And he was full of the Holy Spirit, obviously, himself as he brought it. But he, he, he gave perfect clarity. He said, hey, listen, this is what's happening. This is what God said through the prophet Joel, that the Spirit is going to pour out. And this is going to happen. And, and, and this is all because Jesus has been crucified, but is raised now. This Jesus, he says, that you crucified. And in this moment, the people that are there hear this game changer of a message and are so deeply impacted, it leaves them almost speechless and with only one thing to say. It's in verse 37. It says, now when they heard this, the words of Peter, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? It's almost like this moment of just realization and when things just dawn on you and you've, you've kind of haven't seen it, now you see it. And look at what Peter says in response to this earnest question. But I want you to make a note of the order of it. Verse 38, Peter said to them, repent, each one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he goes on, he says, for the promise is for you. So even though you've messed up, even though, you, you know, even though we could point the finger at you, the reality is this is much bigger than you. And because of all this has taken place, if you'll repent and be baptized, what's going to happen is you're going to realize this promise for yourself, but also for your children who, and all who are far off. Everyone who the Lord calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourself from this crooked generation. Look at this, verse 41. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added to that day about 3,000 souls. This was quite the baptism Sunday. So I want to just take a moment and talk about water baptism and teach you for a moment. And if you're in here today and you've been water baptized, first of all, that's awesome. Second of all, this is also for you. Because you're in here today, you might be thinking, be like, well, you know, Maddie's preaching a message is not really for me. No, this is for you too. Because you might see something in here that enhances your revelation understanding of what God has actually already done in your life that might unlock something in your faith journey that all of a sudden helps you to overcome something that's going on in your life and you never know what God could do. So point number one, what is water baptism? This is what we've got to understand. Water baptism is the seal of the new covenant faith. It's the seal of the new covenant. See, water baptism, it's part of your identification kit as a Jesus follower. This is vitally important. In the Bible, all covenants have two things. They have signs and seals. Every single one of them. Abraham, Moses, David, 
Noah, which we, read, we just read a little bit of his story. And then in the new covenant, same thing. You see signs and you see seals. You see it in marriage as well. Marriage is an example. There is a sign of marriage, which is the wedding ring. And there is the um, seal of marriage, which is when the two people become one flesh. When the two come together, the most intimate, deepest part of who we are, that is the seal of marriage. And the sign of marriage is the ring that you wear on your finger. And you see this all through the Bible. In Noah is the rainbow, an example of the, the sign. But what happens when we get water baptized, sorry, when we first believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in that moment of faith and does an absolute miracle. He comes in power into your life and baptizes you in the Spirit into the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit does this work. He comes along as you're praying the sinner's prayer. I believe it happens in that moment of earnest desire to accept the forgiveness of God through the finished work of the cross. In that moment, as you, desire, you give your life to the Lord, what happens is the Holy Spirit comes in. This is why we pray in that moment. We ask the Holy Spirit to, to reach people in that moment. It's because right there in that moment, He comes and He baptizes you into the church, into the body of Christ. Now, I know you're thinking, show me the verse. Here we go. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. This is the power of God. This is the miracle working of God. This is when you repent and you believe. But then we get water baptized and water baptism is the seal of the covenant. The sign in the new covenant is communion. That's what we did right today. We do that on an ongoing basis. Once a month as a church, we get together like we did today and we take communion. We don't get baptized every month because one's a seal and one's a sign. It's a spiritual seal that you are now in. Think about it this way. It seals the deal for you. So it's important that you understand water baptism is actually vitally important. It's very important. Because it's the seal of the new covenant. Number two, water baptism, it doesn't make you a believer. It shows that you already believe. Now I want to do some theology here for a moment. Because some of you maybe asked this, maybe you've encountered friends that have asked similar questions, but maybe you've heard this question, can I be saved but not water baptized? Let me give you a qualified yes. The thief on the cross did not have the time to get down off the cross and head to Colonial's campus in Jerusalem and attend the New Believers class and sign up to get baptized. Jesus said in that moment, seeing his faith, his desire to believe, to repent, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. So water baptism, it, 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 it doesn't make you a believer. It just shows that you already believe. But let me ask you a question. What if you could get water baptized, but you won't? Well, that's a different story. So write this down. Water baptism is a threshold act of obedience to God. Water baptism, it's a threshold act of obedience. This is a point at which 
we step over and we begin to go on into spiritual maturity in our faith in Jesus Christ. But if we aren't willing to do that act of obedience, if we're not willing to step into that realm for God, um, what happens is, is God limits our spiritual maturity because we're not willing to go past this point. So he keeps us, listen to me, as spiritual infants. This is how I know, because I've never met anyone in the body of Christ that's done something significant for God that hasn't been water baptized. To this day, I've never met anyone. This is why it's so important. This is why it is a threshold act of obedience. See, when I got baptized, after I got saved, it was like I said to the world and to the devil, I'm done with you. I'm done with you and I have a new life now and my life is with him and his name is Jesus. When I, when I got baptized, I knew in that moment I was declaring to the world, de- declaring to the devil, declaring to my friends, declaring to everybody that was there. But most importantly, I was declaring to God, I'm with you. That's why it's a threshold act. The moment that you go past that line, I believe you never go back. Because things happen in the water. Something is in the water. I'm telling you, it's the supernatural power of an almighty God at work in our lives. You know, the early church, they had this insatiable appetite for water baptism. Like, I wish I could just see, like, you know, a documentary or something, you know? <laughs> like, I would be all over that, you know? And I believe it needs to be the same for us as a church today. That we have an insatiable appetite to see people one into the kingdom of God, but become followers of Jesus, starting with water baptism. You know, it doesn't mean that you believe. It just shows the world around you that you've decided that you've decided for yourself. This is what I'm doing. You know, Mark 16 and verse 15, again, if you understand Mark's gospel, it's really Peter's gospel because Mark wrote it with Peter and we see it that way. He says, and he said to him, go into the world and proclaim the gospel. This is Jesus to the whole creation. Whoever believes, look at the order, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But then he goes on and says, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Do you notice that baptism is missing from the second part of the statement? That's on purpose. Because baptism doesn't make you a believer. It's an act of obedience. And Jesus says, if they don't believe, then they'll be condemned. See, the early church, they, they, they would have doubted your salvation if you told them that you were saved, but you hadn't been water baptized. They, 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 they would have said, there's no way. No, there's no way that you wouldn't have done this because, because the reality about the church is this. It's one thing to make converts. It's another thing to make disciples. And it's our job as a church to, yeah, let's get as many people in there. Let's, let's, let's show them the reality of the cross and the beauty of the gospel and everything to do with Jesus. But let's also help them go on the journey of becoming a disciple and getting water baptized. And the early church was so good at this. They help people understand, no, we have a master now. 
and our master gives us commands and we do what he says and we go where he goes and we'll do whatever it takes because now we are Christians. You know, I heard someone say it, and I think it's so true, is we've got to be so careful in the church not to bring things down to a level of convenience instead of a level of commitment. You know, if this was all about convenience, I'll just say it right now, I wouldn't be here. There's a whole lot of other things that are easier that I could go do. But my life is not about convenience anymore. My life is about conviction. It's about then commitment to the master Jesus and whatever he says goes now for my life. So in a sense, I don't choose anymore where I go or what I do or if I do get baptised, or if I don't. I'm just encouraging you today. If you believe in Jesus, you do what he says. I remember Bijou Thampi told me, he's an amazing pastor in India. He's preached at our church many times, and he told me about uh, new believers in India. And I was out one time at dinner with him, with my friend Jason, and we were talking about it, and I think we were talking about persecution. And I said to him, "So, so, so help me understand, like, how bad is it for a Christian in India? And he's just like, well, you know, it's, it's, it's bad. You know, that's why the communities and the churches are so important. It's because we can kind of take care of people as they're getting persecuted. And I was like, well, can you give me an illustration or understanding? He's just like, and only like Bijou can do. He's just like, Matt, it's on your papers. And I was like, hold up. What do you mean? It's on your papers. And he pulled out on his phone and he showed me a document of essentially what, what would look like to us, like a birth certificate or a passport. And at the bottom... It says, baptized Christian. Now, if you understand what that means in a class system like that country, the moment that that happens, you step into the waters of baptism, you just say, I've decided, I'm putting my faith in Jesus. He's my master. This is what I'm doing. I'm declaring to the world, I have decided. That means certain things now. Job opportunities disappear. Family walks out on you. Because baptism, it's, it's a threshold. It's a line that we step over. And it's a new life that we go into. So water baptism is the new covenant seal. Water baptism is not about belief, it's about obedience. And number three, water baptism empowers us to live the Christian life. You see, there's something in the waters. There's something in the waters of baptism, the supernatural forces at work. And it's the Holy Spirit. What happens when we're lowered in? When you lower it into those waters, what happens? Well, your old life is buried with Christ. And in those waters, the flesh falls off. Dead things fall away. And God comes and cuts the heart in a way that removes the old sinful flesh that once covered the heart. And then all that remains when you come up is you're clean and you're sensitive to hear His voice. That's why baptism is the covenant seal. Just like with Abraham. And the Apostle Paul is very helpful with this in Colossians. He said, In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. Or in other words, this is all by God. 
by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God. When we go down, we're buried. The flesh comes off, the dead things fall away. And when we come up, we come up with Christ. You come up as a, not just a new creation, but the Bible says that you put on Christ. It's a miracle. You come up and then you notice you're different. There's been a clearing that's happened in your life. There's been a cleansing that's taken place. There's a spiritual fog that's now lifted and you're clean at the conscience level and your heart is sensitive to hear him and do what he says. That's why it's full immersion is because you're fully taken over and you fully come up completely clean in him. It's a miracle. I'm telling you, friends, there's something in the waters. There's something powerful that takes place. And Peter again says it in 1 Peter 3. He says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed in the spirits in prison because they formerly did not obey when God's patience, look at this, waited in the days of Noah. Verse 21, baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So Peter says to the hearers, to the people that were receiving his letter, which were Jewish people that were spread out, but they were spread out, but they knew the word of God. They knew who Noah was and they knew exactly what he was talking about. This is what he said. He said, it's what happened to Noah. You ever been with someone and they try to explain something to you and they just, they just reference what happened to someone else? Be like, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's like what happened to Bill. This is what he does to people that know exactly what he's talking about. He's saying water baptism is like what happened to Noah. And those of us that study our Bibles, we think, well, what happened to Noah? Back to Genesis. Verse 17, the flood continued 40 days on the earth. The waters increased and bore up the ark and it rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed and increased greatly on the earth and the ark floated on the face of the waters and the waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the whole earth were covered. The waters prevailed above the mountains, covering them 15 cubits deep and all flesh died that moved on the earth. You ever had things in your life that you thought would, you would never overcome? You ever had things that were, seemed like such high mountains that you would never traverse them in your life? You ever had a struggle or a sin that you thought, there's no way. Peter says, it's like what happened to Noah and the waters prevailed. The water's covered everything in such a way that, that I believe the 15 cubits deep is in here because God wants us to know that when you go into the waters of baptism, you are covered. Everything is covered. Everything you've ever done is covered. And there's nothing you could ever do. That means that sin, that struggle, 
can have the same power over you that it once did. I'm just telling you, there's something in the waters. The battle with sickness, the battle with wickedness, the fight with shame and guilt. It's all covered by what God has done. Would you stand with me? I want to pray with you. And I want to encourage you, if you want to get water baptised today, all you need to do is just head to the storehouse after this service, speak to a leader. We'll get you organised so you can get water baptised today. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for the power of an almighty God in our lives. Father, we thank you for the power that's in the water of baptism. That it's your desire that we to experience full change, God. Thank you that you come and you remove from our heart the things that need to go away. And thank you, Lord, that through that amazing moment, the seal is created, Lord, that you remove the dirt, you remove the things. And Father, now give us the grace to walk in the newness of life that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.